0: Well, thank you so much for the beautiful music this morning. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. Oh, a little bit thirsty there. Well, this morning, we're continuing our look at uh, Christianity 101. Uh, let me pray, and then we're going to begin. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we come to you this morning, we ask that through your holy name you be glorified. Father, we know that our place here on earth. We exist to glorify you. We pray that that will happen this morning, that once again, Lord, the truth will be spoken, and may it change our hearts forever. In Jesus' holy and mighty name, amen. This morning, I'd like for you to take your Bibles. Go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, verse 47. Acts chapter 10. We'll be starting in verse 47. Now, just stay there for a little while. There's going to be some other things given before we go to this scripture, but I want to tell you I'm so glad. Whenever I see God working, it makes me really, really glad. I hope it makes you glad, too. This morning, just before the service, I had a little girl ask me about baptism, that she wants to be baptized. I said, it's wonderful. Kathy and I, we'd love to sit down with you and your mama, and once you know, that is exactly what our message is on today, is on baptism. Why do we do it? Why are we commanded? What's all involved? It's up there, and I hope to answer those as best as I can. I want to do a review of last week as we look at the basics of Christianity. First of all, why were we made? Why are we here? Last week, we looked at Genesis 1.1 and through other verses in Genesis. We are here to glorify God and have fellowship with him last week we looked at basically it came down to this you were created there was a fall we have a chance now to be redeemed we were made for god's glory we were made to have fellowship with him but sin came in as we learned last week the greek word for sin is hamarti which means miss the mark because we've missed the mark and we have sinned against god there is a separation from him And because there's that separation, there is the need to be redeemed or brought back or healed once again with God Almighty because he alone has eternal life. Without him, there simply is no eternal life, and there's a horrible end in hell. What is true salvation? My sins are forgiven, and I have eternal life. That is salvation my sins are forgiven, and I have eternal life. And what happened to you in all that? Well, you became a new creature. You were born again. The Bible says that once we were lost and dead in our sins, but now we're alive in Christ Jesus. It says that old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And that's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again this is why when a person becomes a christian they're a new creature or a new creation in christ and they are different we can't be born again and still be the same changes sometimes come fast sometimes they come slow but if you're born again there cannot help but be a change because there's a different spirit there's a different life living on the inside we were created we fell we were redeemed we were made for the glory of God now with that let's put up that first question what is baptism and why are we commanded to do it here's what that video said baptism baptism is an act of obedience of what God has already done in the heart of a believer baptism is an act of obedience we talked about applying the word of God to our lives that if we just hear it and believe it, it's like you put it in a treasure chest and it just stays in there. You can have a billion dollars in gold and live as poor as a church mouse because I don't go into that treasure chest and take out what's in there. When we apply the Word of God, it continues to give God glory and it strengthens our fellowship with Him. So first of all, we are commanded by God to be baptized. It says this in Matthew 28:19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, you may have heard this from some Christian denominations or what have you that in order to be saved, you have to be baptized. And let me give you one verse that they use. Acts 2:38 says this. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they say, well, look, it says right there, repent and be baptized, all right? Now, we know that the thief on the cross was never baptized, but Jesus said, this day you shall be with me in paradise. And the reason there's confusion in that is because there are many, many verses about salvation that are very closely tied to baptism. But the reason for that, friends, is because we are baptized into Christ Jesus. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 and 27 says this, So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. The word baptism in the Greek is baptizo or immersion. That is why we immerse people when they're baptized. Because as you put them under the water, it symbolizes death. As they're brought up out of the water, it symbolizes the cleansing of sin. And we are raised to newness of life with Christ Jesus if someone is sprinkled hallelujah they're not going to hell they're still okay as long as Jesus Christ is their Lord and personal Savior see the problem with adding baptism friends even though baptism is a good thing we're we we are commanded by God to do it the reason is very simply this you cannot add anything to the blood of Jesus Christ when it comes to salvation even something good like baptism When we say, well, yes, I believe in the blood of Jesus that washes away our sins, and you have to be baptized, it's like the blood covers 95%, but then there's another 5% that has to be brought in to make it complete. The Bible says we are complete in Christ, and the blood of Jesus Christ is plenty good enough to wash away every single sin. Yes, you could say baptism is a work. I'm adding works. That's true. There's a lot of different ways that the devil likes to bring in a little extra to the blood of Christ to say you also have to have this if you're really saved. But the Bible teaches something very different. 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin we are made to glorify God and have fellowship with him and that verse says the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses away all sin so why are we baptized why are we commanded to do this Acts chapter 10 Let's look at verses 47 and 48. A little bit of background so we get this in the right context, okay? The reason it's called the Book of Acts is because these are the Acts that are done uh, by the new church. Okay, these are all kinds of miracles and things that the new church did. So one of the things was the one of the big things about the gospel was it trans it transposed all kinds of lines all kinds of socioeconomic lines, nationality lines. When they say everybody comes to Christ, they they mean everybody can come to Christ. And this was very much a day and age of separation that we have our God, they have their God, and they have theirs, and there's there's no mixing. So there are some gentiles that now have accepted Jesus Christ. And as an outward show of what's happened on the inside, in an act of obedience, they're about to be baptized. And here's what Peter says Verse 47 Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord then they asked him to stay a few days now the first one i read said repent and be baptized then you will receive the holy spirit this one clearly says that they have received the holy spirit before baptism neither are wrong they're both right when we look at it in the light of i am baptized into christ jesus the water is just a symbol you're not saved because you were baptized in the right water the water is a symbol of what's happened on the inside our main verse all right that i want us all to remember everything relates to john 4:24, which says god is spirit those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth activity cannot take the place of spirit you can do activity in the wrong spirit, and the activity still looks the same. So activity, anything physical, cannot replace spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit, but not because you were dunked, not because you were put in the right water at the right place at the right time. That's physical. Physical we receive a new spirit because what jesus christ has done and his blood gives us his holy spirit when we're born again we're not physically born again we are born again in spirit if you're left handed before you got saved you'll be left-handed after you get saved if you have a broken uh toe before you got saved you have a broken toe after you get saved so it's not a physical transference but it is a spiritual transference and baptism shows us what's happened on the inside now remember friends listen god's plan for this world his our creator what is his plan to get this word out to everybody very simply you go into all the world and preach the gospel that's his plan you and I are his plan and he says to you and I to confess me before men that you are a follower of Jesus Christ you are baptized first of all spiritually into Christ and physically you give this physical sign that you are now professing to the world you are a follower of Jesus Christ The other thing they brought up was this, it's a public profession that you're a follower, as I just said, stay in the Acts, go to the 8th chapter. Acts chapter 8, verses 30. Verse 30, I'm sorry. Acts chapter 8, verse 30. This is Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Again, some background. He's riding in his chariot, okay? He's reading out loud from the book of Isaiah and he says, Can anybody give me the understanding of that? And Philip says, hey, I can. Verse 30, so Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, well, how can I unless someone guides me or someone tells me, somebody helps me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture where he read was this. He was led as a sheep to slaughter as a lamb before its shears is silent. So we opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. Who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Is, is he talking about himself or is he talking about somebody else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning at the scripture, he preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. The eunuch said, look, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went his way rejoicing. You see, friends, listen. Philip fulfilled what's called the Great Commission. And he said, let me explain it. And when he did, this eunuch was baptized. Now he said, if you believe with all your heart, and he said, I do. Now we have to understand the place and the time. This is a leader in a pagan country. I guarantee you they had their own god. And for him to make that profession, he would have to go back to the country where he promoted the false god and he'd have to say, Friends, I'm sorry. I've repented. I was wrong. Magog is not the true god. Alamech is not the true god. Moloch is not the true god. But Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the true God. You know, friends, it's wonderful that we live in in such a God-fearing place. We do lose something when we're not persecuted. And I tell you this because Kathy and I, we've had the privilege of coming across some Romanian believers in the Jacksonville area. Let me tell you something, man. When those people pray, you take a step back because, I mean, you know they're... (laughs) They're addressing a powerful, holy God, and they have awful stories of persecution. One fellow said to me, he was in a Romanian jail, he says, you have literally no rights. You have the right to die, and that's it. We don't know what that's like. We don't even have something to compare that to. Our first thought is, well, I'm going to get a lawyer if I don't get what I want. So it's something we don't really relate to. But this individual, to go back to his country, say, I believe in Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, there's serious repercussions to that. Immersion symbolizes the dying to our sin, just as Christ died on the cross. First Peter 3.21 says this, and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also not the removal of dirt from the body but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God it saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ i want to address that clear conscience for just a bit matthew 6:22 says that the light of the eye is the light of the body is the eye if the eye is dark how dark that darkness is Now, think of this physically. Without light, you don't see anything. And if I don't see anything, I'll walk into walls and maybe worse or what have you. I'm in danger if I can't see where I'm going. Spiritually, it's the same thing. We all have a spiritual eye. But if it's cloudy, if it's dark, if it's off kilter, if it's 2100 instead of 2020, we're in danger. We can easily get hurt. And if that I isn't right, nothing is going to be right. That's why the Bible says right here, it's not the removal of dirt from the body, but it's the pledge of a clear conscience. I am now a follower of Jesus Christ. A clear conscience toward God. This is the application of the Word of God. I may know it, I may believe it, but I still may be in rebellion to this. And I'll just share about Kathy's mama. She was, what, 80-plus, and her whole life she didn't have peace because she was never baptized. And so this was in Georgia. We lived behind the church. Middle of the afternoon, we went to the church. There was already water in the baptismal pool just as we're about to baptize her. Here comes the UPS man. Here comes another family. They stopped by because they saw our car out in the parking lot, and they stopped by. So where we thought there would be nobody, there were people there. And she confessed Christ before the few people there. She was baptized. And after that, she had peace. See, before, she was a believer. I mean, she was a pastor's wife, for heaven's sakes. But there was something inside that wasn't right because she had not followed in believer's baptism. So there was an element that she still held on to that she would not allow Christ to come in. And you see, friends, when we're baptized, we're not just saying, oh, I got saved. We're now saying, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Rising from the water symbolizes the resurrection and a picture of our new life in Christ. Go to Romans chapter 6, please. Romans chapter 6 we'll be starting in verse 4 Romans chapter 6 verse 4 Romans chapter 6 verse 4 we'll start there therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death is that water no we are baptized into Christ Jesus. We are immersed, we are surrounded into him. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we've been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also "'shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. "'Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, "'that the body of sin might be done away with, "'that we should no longer be slaves of sin. "'For he who has died has been freed from sin.'" Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we'll also live with him. And knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, he dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, also reckon, or you might as well just get it straight, or you might as well just render it to yourselves, to be dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. He has victory over death, hell, and the grave. And if we're baptized into him, and he's living on the inside in the form of the Holy Spirit, so we too have victory over eternal death. You know, friends, even if you die for 45 minutes, if you come back to life, life continues, doesn't it? And there have been people that have been medically dead, but they came back to life. The Bible tells us with Christ on the inside, it is victory over death. That even if I have a physical death, I will rule and reign with him forever and ever, glorifying the Father because of Jesus Christ's work on the cross, that his blood cleansed away my sin. Because of that, I tell the world by being baptized. I tell them, number one, I have come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And number two, I am his follower. Now, I just read for you, or I just quoted for you John 4, 24. God is spirit. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. How does this apply to that verse? Matthew chapter 3, if you'd go there. Matthew chapter 3 we'll be starting in verse 11 Matthew chapter 3 verse 11 this is John the Baptist and he is about to baptize Jesus Christ and we're going to see that John the Baptist he baptized with the baptism of repentance in other words I repent of my sin, I am a sinner, I repent of it, and I receive the blood of Jesus Christ for my life. I give away the sin of my life to receive the blood of Christ into my life. And that was John's baptism, but now he says, now Jesus goes a step further. Let's look at that. I indeed baptize, this is John the Baptist speaking, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to carry. He, Jesus, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Burning away of sin, here comes a brand new spirit. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. You know, friends, when you read that, it it sounds awful, doesn't it? An unquenchable fire. But to those who are in Christ, they love to see their sin burned away forever and ever. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west is where our sin is. And that's good news that my sin is burned away. But we see here he is coming. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Listen, part of that fire is a clear conscience. Because now we have a new sensitivity to sin because of the Holy Spirit living on the inside. And what we once thought was perfectly fine or was my right or I should be allowed to do that, we now see it as sin against God. But as we are immersed into Christ, as we are swallowed up in Him, so to speak, we take on his likeness. Friends, how can we be in Christ but not have his likeness? There's not a verse in the Bible that backs that up. Not one. If we are in Christ, we are growing into his likeness. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen says, For we're all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come after me and drink. He'll never be thirsty again. See, friends, this is why it doesn't matter about the denomination. We can have fellowship with Methodists. We can have fellowship with non-denominational. The list goes on and on. Because we're baptized into the same spirit. Now, there may be some differences here and there in belief. But when it comes to Jesus Christ, there is no difference. We are one in his spirit. Ephesians 4 4 says this, There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called the one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through and in all. That's why we have fellowship with believers in Thailand who might be a totally different denomination. That's why we have fellowship with folks from up north who may have never been in a church before, but got saved where you are. Because His Spirit makes us one with Him. Last thing, friends, in obedience to Jesus Christ, we confess Him to the world through baptism. It brings a clear conscience. And it makes our spiritual eye nice and clear. You know, friends, if you're here today and there was a time when you came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ but never followed in believer's baptism, I would ask that you pray about that and take it to God and see what he has to say. Because after all, this is his idea. And he's the one who commands us to do that. And he has a reason. I can't explain it all, but he has a reason. And there's just something about confessing Jesus to the world that nourishes our souls. So if you're here today, and you say, well, I've been a Christian for whatever how long, but have never followed in believer's baptism, the Bible says there's going to be a little tick in your conscience and in your spirit if we haven't done that. And I would just ask, Search your heart. Take it before God. Let him be your leader. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we come before you today, Lord, we ask that you receive all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory. Father, as our lives are put into your hands, we're baptized into you. Holy God, we love you. We know that there's no other way, there's no other truth, there's no other life. You are the way, the truth, and the life. In Jesus' holy and wonderful name, amen.